Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 130, Chatterview with Rachel Thomas. Part 3. <laughs> the, the Christian Atheist, we didn't start out doing interviews. It's just this year that we started doing a few. I'm kind of running out of material that I can get anybody excited over. <laughs> For the most oh, part, man, yeah, I, I get excited about it. We've, uh, I mean, I've did some really heavy philosophical stuff in the yeah. course of it. And Jenny said, look, you're probably driving more people away than well, you're bringing into the house. Like <laughs> you're limiting your audience to just a certain group of people. And we don't want to be fluffy, but we don't want to like only have, and, and amongst that small group of people, we can't, we'd have to get a hundred percent of them just to get, to have an audience, you know? Sure. So yeah. And so that was, that was, that was what the issue was. So how can we find, like, do you have papers online that people can read? Um, no, not really. I've, I've done a couple of videos oh, on YouTube, yeah. on, not on YouTube. Like I have them, I can put them on YouTube. Oh. I have them as just Google drive videos because of COVID times or like international mm -hmm. students at my school who would go home over the summer and say, Mrs. Thomas, can you send me something like, especially for kids from countries with, with hard lockdown policies, China, they go home like one one student i remember one time came back in september he's a really really bright math kid but had gone home to china for the summer came back in september and he, he gave me this huge hug when he saw me in class and he was not a particularly physically affectionate kid that i remembered i said yeah I, I said daniel are you okay he said yes i've just been holding it in all summer <laughs> like sweet and heartbreaking at the same time right so i i've made a bunch of videos of like devotional things over google drives so that kids, I could send them to kids and send them links and kind of skirt around being seen, if you will, you know. But yeah, I could put some things on video or I could probably send you some links of different little explanations that I've done, but nothing uh, nothing published um, yeah. or anything. Yeah, it's like you said, it is kind of hard to find an audience, but I should write some things down. And I'm sure I keep thinking this and you're probably thinking the same things. I'm sure there's someone really smart out there they who's chronicling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's hard to find. And it's so, everybody, yeah, everybody's like, like I found somebody in South Africa, you know, Kelly Jubert. Oh, yeah, Kelly Jubert. Jubert. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, but he's totally, I mean, nobody would have ever even heard of him, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and he has a lot of, a lot of really um, good. Who's the, who's the, um, and Kurt Wise. Kurt Wise. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just really hard to find people. I, I guess we're all just like, <laughs> well, we got, we got to stop shining thinking. like stars, yeah, isolated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. stop thinking sky. that um, other people are going to do it and just do it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think that's what God's calling us to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to read one thing from what you sent us that just when I read it, I thought, wow, that's really good. So you had just talked about Mandelbrot, and you said, uh, and I also had a Jewish professor who was quick to point out that among academics. You have your smart people. And see, see, as an academic myself, I know I know this class, this group, these mm -hmm. groups that you're referring to and talking about here. You have your smart people, your really smart people, and your really, really smart people, all of whom ascribe ascribe to a human-centric worldview. And I knew an awful lot of each one of those groups. The vast majority of academics really aren't super smart. But there is a class of academics who are very smart. And when you get in with that group, I mean, it's really exciting because, you know, things are flying and, 
and it's it's a lot of fun. It's very challenging. But most academics, especially in today's university, are low level, shouldn't say low level, sort of average intellectuals. They don't have they don't have a, a an original thought anywhere in their heads. But anyway, okay, so let me continue with where you are here. You're smart people, you're really smart people, all of whom ascribe to a human-centric worldview. And then you have just your out-of-this-world brilliant folks who are, by and large, people of extreme faith. And I think that's right. Uh, the problem is nobody sees them. Why? Mm-hmm. Where? I, I mean, the, the people that I, even as an atheist, oftentimes the people that I found that I could respect the most were those who held to some sort of faith in a transcendent reality, a God. And even in the intellectual history, when I look back through philosophy, oh, we just finished we just finished reading G.K. Chesterton's Everlasting Man, which is absolutely fantastic. And he makes the point, too, that the background of humanity is filled with everyone believing. We live in a weird age in, yeah, which, in, in which almost no one, you know, we're, we're being, and, and I ascribe that to Hegel, um, who is my, my great nemesis. And here I go talking a lot again. I really want to hear what you have to say rather than going through what I talk about. But I ascribe it to Hegel because I think Hegel has made the, tr- the, the explicit transition from a world that relied on a transcendent reality beyond this one. And he brought it down to imminence and said, no, everything's here. And Darwin goes from there. And it has pervaded our culture. C.S. Lewis did an essay on it called The Myth of Evolution. Or it's a, no, no, the, no. The Funeral of a Great Myth. Funeral of a Great Myth. Right. And he's not saying, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't attacking the biological theory. He was attacking the underlying worldview that that exemplifies. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, but, uh, you know, I, it, it, it plays out across our world today. We've abandoned the idea that there's something greater beyond. And the only way to do that is to shut your eyes. Mm-hmm. And you talked about um, something a little earlier, and then I'm going to shut up again. Um, and it, it spurred in me in, in Romans 1, those who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And yeah. I think it is an explicit goal mm-hmm. um, to suppress it, to mm-hmm. literally hide it. They don't want to. Uh, they don't want it getting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's easy in this era of of constant distraction um, and the just this the pervasiveness of this me centric kind of attitude. We we have fostered that. We have facilitated it. Everything from from social media to um, even the academic programs that people come up with in high schools and colleges, where it's, it's all about you. It is really all about you. Everything in this world is just revolves around you. We, we kind of allow students at a very formative age to develop this idea and make mm-hmm. it their own. And it's, man, what once is- you've got a hold of that, like, whew, that would yeah. be hard to let go, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's like the That's greatest distraction. Talking, we've been talking to each other about it, like education. It's yes. when you step back from it, like I homeschooled my kids. And so, we weren't in the education system, but mm-hmm. like you're saying, when, when I went back into it now, because we sent, you know, the last two have been going to school. Yeah. So it, it was like, what is this? <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? It was a, you know, awakening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would love to um, have you and Jenny sit down and talk yeah. because I think 
she would just be well, like, I'm, so, I'm hungry for what you're yeah, talking exactly. about. Well, you know, right. And numbers and, 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 God, and knowing God through all of this stuff. Holy cow. <laughs> I've been a Christian yeah. since 1990 and okay. it's same thing going, you know, you go to church and it's the same message. I've heard the same sermon in every single mm-hmm. ver- way you could, you could hear it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, there's got, and then I kind of, when, when we got together, I was kind of on my way out and he was coming back and I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's, it's just as much as when I wasn't a Christian, you know, I couldn't find a reason mm-hmm. for it or a meaning for it. And then, mm-hmm. then we kind of walked away from the church for, we've been away for a while. And now it's all, there's so much stuff I'm learning, but I'm, you know, I have to dig for it like crazy trying to find it. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't find it. And then you come. Yeah, just the right time. <laughs> and you have all this amazing <laughs> stuff that I, it's like, holy but God, I, I didn't realize that. I knew there was something in yeah. in the book of Numbers and, and in, in the building of the, of the temple and, and the instruction. I know there's something yeah. in there. I just right, can't find what it is. Because all scripture is life, is, is yeah, God for you. Every single thing. Every word is, is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. And I, I struggle to find the worthwhile in some other parts, you know, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's all, it, it will all hit each one of us differently. And isn't it amazing that we're all made differently and right, can see right. those different things and appreciate them differently. But yeah, I, and I, I experienced the same struggles that do you, you're do you talking about with, too. Do you struggle with reading the New Testament? Like the, the, I do, <laughs> I do. And, and some of it, like, yeah, sometimes students will ask me, what's your favorite book in the Bible? And I'll start listening. I'm like, oh, well, I, I love Daniel. Daniel's just the best. But, you know, I also love the Minor Prophets. Amos is really amazing and blah, blah, blah. And I list all these things. And they're like, have you read anything after Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's so yes, crazy. when I have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Revelation's fantastic. Um, uh, it's hard for me a little bit now as a parent. So I've got this daughter, right, who's, who you met. She's, she is indeed very accomplished. She's not even you wouldn't believe me if I told you her SAT scores. Mm-hmm. She's not just a great runner and a great French horn player and everything else. She's super bright, and mm-hmm. but All she's fun. grown up in the church the whole time. And I don't. How do you balance that? Like I, I feel right. like part of the reason that I am so on fire for the Bible and authentic Christianity is because I discovered it as an adult, yeah. or yeah. you know, close. Yeah. You know, so how do how do I cultivate you know, that you know. kind of fire in my child and? And allow her to experience that, but also have developed, you know, have taken the time have to the deliberately develop. And, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So it's it's tricky. And she's having a tough time. She's not yeah. fired up about church. Like she loves yeah. Jesus. I do not doubt that she oh, is yeah. right with God in her heart. And she she reads the Bible and she's a very motivated intellectual. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, but she struggles with going to church and the same thing, right? right? Like it's the right. same thing every week, mom. And then the guy <laughs> thinks that we're falling asleep. So he just says the same words louder so that and wake up more. <laughs> yeah. And she's looking for, I asked her one time, I was like, well, what would, you, what would your ideal church be? You know, I'll help you go look for a church. We can find a church that's going to serve you. But what would your ideal church be? And she starts describing this place where people are still amazed by salvation and God's mm-hmm. grace, but they're also not babies in their biblical understanding. And the music is awesome and all points to God, but it's not just the same old stuff that you've always heard. And the this and the that, and I'm like, oh, honey, <laughs> if you find that place, please let me know. You know, I thought maybe she was going to say, I want to go to a church where they're in jeans instead of they get dressed up. But no, it was like she had very legitimate things that she was interested in. And I, and I hope she finds it. 
you know, I hope wherever she goes, what wherever her path takes it, she finds a place that will check off yeah. enough boxes for her to be in a committed faith community because that's a really big part of Christianity. Yeah, I think it, it is, is a part that we can't ignore, but it's hard to it is. it's hard to find something in that sweet spot that's not yeah. like the just the come to Jesus message every single week. I mean, we need those and we need those churches and they serve a purpose mm-hmm. and that's great. But I don't need to hear about how I can be saved one more right. time. I got it. <laughs> right. And and we but we also don't need just somebody who's gonna blah, 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 yeah, yeah. and and the fire and yeah. brimstone and whatever, like sinners yeah. in the hand of an angry God. Well, There's something in between. Yeah. 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 And and I just read a verse I was reminded of a verse this week in Hebrews. It says, "Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God." And it, you know, <laughs> I was like, "That's what I'm looking for. I want to move on from the doctrine, <laughs> the doctrine of salvation." I, um, as having come out of atheism, I remember the charges that I tried to make stick for so long that Christians are irrational. And why does that ever stand? How can that ever stand? Christianity, or let's start with theism, move back. Theism is the basis of rationality. There is no rationality outside of it. There just isn't. It's the foundation of of rational structures. And how is it that in this world, Christians can have gotten the label and have it stick of being the irrational ones? Mm -hmm. I I can't fathom it. I mean, I'm trying to challenge it, but I don't seem to get much help from from anyone else. It's like Mm -hmm. the Christian atheist was, that's, that's kind of why we did it. And it's okay. It's getting some attention, but it hasn't taken off. It's, it's not really going anywhere. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not at one. I say I'm not frustrated about it, but I guess sometimes I get a little frustrated <laughs> about it. Jenny keeps me online and keeps me level with it all. But um, like you, when we when I, when we contacted you, the excitement that you have with this is so evident. And I feel that and Jenny feels that. And we're constantly looking for more, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to find it. She's in, on a mission right now yeah. to find it. I mean, it's. I'm still kind of stuck in the philosophical, but that's my training. So I, I, I'm kind of a one root mm-hmm. guy, but I love everything else feeding into yeah. that. It's and, just, yeah, it's just amazing how much the Bible has opened up. Oh, yeah. Like, For both I didn't of know us. know this was in here because yeah. I didn't learn that. I am so excited. Every time we read the Bible together. And the things, the things that she brings that illuminate it for me in a way that I never saw it before. And even things that I that I get wrong. I mean, just completely 180 degrees wrong because of the way I think about it. And and the complementarity, the male-female complementarity is just unbelievable. <laughs> so we just put out a book. Yeah, like Seasons of Life. I'll, I'll read something now that I read and it, it's not like it wasn't valuable to me right. you know, many years ago or whatever, but I read it again now and it, and it hits me so differently and I see yeah. the whole different side of it and I'm like, oh. Isn't that amazing? Which is, again, like if we go back to one of your first questions, like how is this, what struck you about the Bible? That's one of the things that continues to strike me about the Bible. I could read the Communist Manifesto 20 times and it's going to read the same every time. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's like 15 pages. I've read it a million. I'm an econ teacher, obviously. I know this book. I don't think I'm going to discover anything new in that book that I haven't already read. But I know if I open my Bible right now that there will be something new for me. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And it's not that long of a book, actually. It's not that it's overwhelming in its volume. It's yeah. a fairly contained set of books 
And yet the whole book, it's just astounding the the interconnections between from the start to the finish. And it, it <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I get so excited about it. And to see someone else as excited as we are yeah. is just a super treat. So you have been a blessing in so many ways that you do. You and Claire and, and your husband, we didn't really meet your husband or really talk to him much. He just brought a chicken. Yeah, he just brought a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> no, and he's he's not a talker. Mike Thomas is full of knowledge and full of wisdom and full of lots of things, but not a talker. Yeah, what does I, he do? I contemplated. He's, um, if you ask him, he'll say he's a mechanic. Um, he probably hasn't turned wrenches in 10 or 15 years, but he works in an office now. Uh, it's, yeah, kind of like a family business that has a lot of different facets and he's managing lots of them. And what, what does he do when you start talking numbers? Oh, he finds it fascinating. Does he? Yeah. Is he a math person? Not really. Okay. Um, but he, he appreciates that I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's heard me like once I start talking about threes and the fives and the eights or something he's like oh yeah fibonacci numbers you know he's heard me say the things enough times and he's like oh i bet that's fibonacci or nope that one's square or <laughs> that's like with john i say but that's hegel <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well this has been an immense amount of fun yeah, we appreciate so much your taking time to speak with us give our best to claire she has a really, really bright future. Yeah. Just to tell our listeners, one of the last things we did with Claire was take pictures of her while she was writing the equations of special relativity on a piece of paper. No, while no on a board. Well, yeah, it was yeah, paper. It was, it was paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and she is one of her favorite books, you say, right? Special relativity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For a graduating senior, I bet she's one of um, one of one in the entire country. <laughs> She, uh, she has her own very niche group of friends from all over, <laughs> people that she can communicate with, and unsurprisingly, many of whom are people of great faith yeah. because yeah. of their profound intelligence. So yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Take it. So what are you going to do? What's your future? <laughs> what you, What's your future? No, what your future. future. You're um, teaching now, and you said maybe yeah. are you you thinking about getting your PhD or? I don't know. I th- I struggle with this question a lot. I'm not sure if me getting my PhD right now would be me. I don't know if that's an idol. I don't know if that's something that I would go after just because I want that thing. But I also really, really want to keep studying mathematics at an interesting point career-wise might have a career, not not a huge career change. I believe that my future is in Christian education, uh, whether it's going to be in an administrative role or still in the classroom. I'm kind of in the middle of a lot of things right now. Um, Yeah, yeah. But I feel God's call in my life to work with students, especially Mm -hmm. teens and young adults, to work with people at that age, either directly or indirectly in an administrative role, uh, but to be the voice of smart Christians, for lack of a better phrase on it, you know, to to be that outward, hey, friends, look, you can be super intelligent and super knowledgeable and still believe that the Bible is 100% true and infallible. Those two mm-hmm. things are not only not incompatible, they're actually like super, <laughs> like they support each other. Those right, right, yeah. right. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I was thinking with what Kurt Wise, Dr. Kurt Wise said, he said that we'll never ever attain, we'll never be able to reach the knowledge of God. It's always an asymptote. And, but we'll spend eternity, you know, going, because I mean, it just it. keeps going forever. There's yeah. so much. There's just so much. Mm-hmm. And and he was saying about that with God's word too, right? right. He says like an asymptote where yep. you just you just will 
just keep going and going and never reach reach fulfillment. <laughs> I mean, complete fulfillment because it, you're always going to be unsatisfied because you want more. Right. No matter how far you go. And this this is why I think about Jesus walking on the earth sometimes. And I'm I mean, he could have just like dropped Newton's laws of motion right. and like, hey, guys, <laughs> I, this isn't 100 percent right. But here's some classical physics for you. It's going to make your life a lot easier. He <laughs> right. He could have right. told us he could have shown us what cells were or germs or DNA or right. any like, I don't know, plant husbandry. There's so many things that Jesus, <laughs> he's God, he knew it all. Right. And while he was on this earth, he could have told us any of those things and he didn't. And right. it's not because he was withholding knowledge from anybody. It's because his purpose was not for us to just know things to know them. Right. His, the purpose hasn't ever been for us to know things because knowledge is the goal. It's to know right. who he they is. Will. He he was the way to, to to bring us to God, so that then yeah. we can go forward in knowledge right. and to know, and and that knowledge would be right. in God and to seek Him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and that's like in incredible. Years, yeah, He couldn't have told us all of the things. Yeah. In thirty years, we couldn't have exactly. told us all of the things in two thousand years, in right. five thousand years, whatever. Right. Like all of the things are unattainable, but uh, the important thing, like what is the way? I am the way. Mm-hmm. Get there first, and right. then, person. Yeah. Right, yep. right. Start at the the beginning, and then then you go from there, and <laughs> it's it's incredible. Yeah. All right, John. Okay. Well, <laughs> stay in touch. <laughs> we'll let you have. We'll have. We'll let you have lunch. But I do what I I. If you have any documents or anything, I can start reading. Just yeah, you know, we. I'd love to have links to them. You say you have it on Google Docs. Or I have a lot of Google files, whether they're okay. videos or slideshows or whatever. Yeah, I'll put that on my to-do list for today to send you some things. Yeah, yeah, especially reading material. I love reading material. Yeah, we would yeah. love, I mean, if, okay. if possible, if you're on board, too, you yeah. could sort of promote them, give people some resources to mm-hmm. go to. Because this is what we need to do. We yeah. need Christians to start saying, look, we should be pursuing God in these ways. Because that's where the glory of God shows, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, just preaching a salvation message is good. It's we want to bring people in, but once they're in, what are they going to do? They need yeah. to pursue God. Yeah, and this is the way we pursue God. We so, were we were reading for us, right? We're all unique. Yeah. So for for many people, there are other ways. You know, the singing, the whatever. We can pursue God, but let's not neglect those who want to exercise an academic pursuit, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. We need to, by pursuing God in this way, retake the halls of academia for what they used to claim they were seeking, truth. Yeah. <clears throat> because God's truth is all God's truth. Every truth is God's truth. And we need to be pursuing that, because in pursuing that, we're pursuing God. And that will ultimately bring more people in to yeah. faith if we can retake the culture. And, you know, I don't know if we're close to the end times and that's going to all fall apart, but I do think that that is what God has called mm-hmm. us to. Certainly for Jenny and I, in, in what we've done, that seems to be the direction he keeps pulling us. Yeah. We were reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe again. And, you know, the death of Aslan, it's always associated with Jesus's resurrection. You know, it's always put into the salvation. But this time when we read it, we were like, you know, the death of Aslan is like the death of God or what, you know, what they hope is the death of God. And they bind him up. They put all these cords on him. They all become convoluted. And you have all of these words out in the world right now. And uh, yeah, you t- they're trying to t- bring God down to earth, trying to tie him up on this table. And then, you know, then he dies. Aslan dies. And then um, 
all of a sudden, if you remember in the story, little mice start coming out. And at first they're horrified. These little mice are crawling over, but every mouse is chewing through the cords and the cords are so tight, you know, and so convoluted. The girls can't rip them off or anything. So the mice are the ones that start the, you know, the chewing process. And that's what we were saying. We're like little mice, you know, in our little areas, chewing on the cords, trying to unleash him. And when Aslan's unleashed, if you remember, he takes them for like an incredible ride. They're like (laughs) terrified at one point and then they're, they're excited. And then he rolls with them on the ground and he does all the plays with them. Yeah. Yeah, And it's like, when we read it like that, it was like, wow, that's what needs to happen now. Yeah. We need to take the cords off of God. It's not so much the resurrection as it is. We've tied him down. We've tried to. I mean, we can't because the whole time that C.S. Lewis is talking about Aslan being tied down, the the girls keep saying he could at or 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 Lewis, yeah, at any time he could have with one with one hit of his paw, but he allowed them to tie him down. You know, so it's it it helped us to. We actually did an episode of No Compromise on that whole that whole thing that it, it helped us to see things a lot differently. Yeah, because I was always told that had to do with the resurrection of Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it yeah, does well, in a does. way. It does. It can, it can have multiple manifestations. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, multiple. exactly. Yeah, but it was yeah. exciting to see that, you know, and then he goes off and he, he goes to the witch's castle and he starts to blow on all of those. That's right. Set free the All the of those who were frozen. And the statues are like government, you know, you know, the different. All the things in culture. The different institutions. And, and taken over. Right. And, and they all come back and they're all like, you know, some of them are funny. Some of them are, you know. Yeah, so it was it was just really interesting, you know, and it's it started making us think something's going on right now. We need to yeah, do I think something. something is I don't going know. On. I don't know. I don't know how. It, I, think I think culturally, yeah. I'm seeing. I, mean, I don't know if you follow like Jordan Peterson and things like that. There seems to be a turn back to the notion that we've gone seriously wrong, mm-hmm. and we need to like what is, is it Jeremiah? Go yeah. back to the ancient road. Yeah, you know, it's Jeremiah yep. six sixteen six, six, six sixteen. I, I think it's it six sixteen. Yeah. Go back to the ancient road because that's where the truth is, and that's where we went wrong. We went off the road. We're going a wrong. We're going the wrong direction, and the only way to turn around is for God's people to say we're done. Yeah, it's time that we start doing what God has called us to. Forget every what everything else. All of these these tendrils from the world coming in yeah. and corrupting the church and yeah. taking it away and, and telling convoluting us that, everybody. Yeah, con- yeah the, <laughs> the minds, the cords that yeah. are tying people's yeah. minds. Sorry, so we've done more talking here at the <laughs> end. We're talking um, no, this is fascinating. I've <laughs> I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing from you guys, and and yeah, it's it's great to find like-minded people, especially as you pointed out. Like we we feel like stars in the night sky, right? Mm-hmm. The joke is you can't badmouth community in the Mennonite school or get struck by lightning. Um, they're all about <laughs> community, right? Um, <laughs> we are the body of believers on this earth is a community. We definitely are, but we're also God has placed us where we are. And mm-hmm. that's not always in a group of like-minded people. We are influencing our own pockets where we are, you know, and that's the idea of fractals as well. It can be a space filling curve and still only be mm-hmm. one dimensional, you know, you can have a very finite <laughs> limited scope, but still fill the space if we do it the right way, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find <laughs> that a little bit, but yeah, it's always fun <laughs> to, to meet people who have seen what you have seen and thought that you were alone in seeing. Yeah. 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 So yeah. 
All right, I'm looking forward to reading your stuff. Yep, me too. <laughs> Making sure you you send it. Yeah, let you down. Yeah, no, <laughs> no I, it won't. I there's know no that. chance yeah, of that. There's no chance. Just because yeah. just talking with yeah. you has been yeah. like invigorating, yeah. and we don't have many invigorating conversations outside <laughs> of the two of us. <laughs> so yeah, thanks, thank, thanks to God for bringing us together through that weird circumstance where you lost your photographer. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.